worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. And the UFA Cooperative, now open in Yorkton and Weyburn. UFA is the exclusive distributor of Diesel X Gold, premium fuel that improves power and saves you money. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have the latest Sask Wheat Market Outlook, describing the most recent wheat sales from Canada and around the world. We also have an update on grain shipments from war-torn Ukraine. Australia and China have settled a dispute on barley exports. And we have a two-part feature on cattle prices, reflecting some record levels this spring. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Municipal Hail Insurance, crop insurance at cost. See municipalhail.ca. The latest Sasquid outlook says weather continues to be a big factor in world grain markets. Market analyst Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting compiles the latest market report. In the significant purchases and trades last week, Egypt bought 600,000 tons of wheat from Russia at $269 a ton. Japan bought 79,000 tons of food quality wheat from the U.S. and Canada in their weekly tender. And U.S. commercial sales were 151.7 thousand tons for a year-to-day total of 18 million tons. This is 5% behind last year's pace. In some of the most important news that happened in the wheat markets, we're going to start in Canada today. The possibility of a late spring was supportive to hard red spring wheat future prices, but not enough to prevent Canadian wheat values from moving lower on the week. Canadian prices were pressured by lower futures prices and a stronger Canadian dollar. The northern plains and southern portions of the Canadian prairies got hit by heavy snow last week, further prompting concerns of delayed planting in the U.S. hard red spring wheat region. Stats Canada showed that February exports of Canadian wheat were 1.5 million tons, which is well ahead of the average February volume of 1.1 million tons. August to February year-to-day exports are now 11.7 million tons, which is 63% up from last year. China continues to be the star customer, having imported another 255.7 thousand tons of wheat in February. China has now imported an August to February total of 2.2 million tons of Canadian wheat, which is 312% more than this time last year. Most of Canada's other major importers are taking only slightly larger values volumes than last year. Exports to other countries, however, are up by 150%. These countries had dramatically reduced their purchases of Canadian wheat last year. 
In the weekly data, Canadian Week 35 exports were 388.9 thousand tons for a season total of 13.6 million tons, up 73% from last year. Although producer deliveries were larger than exports, a jump in domestic use caused visible supply to be lower than the previous week. Nothing has been exported from Thunder Bay yet, where wheat stocks have grown to 315.5 thousand tons. For Canadian Durham, Stats Canada data showed that 482.8 thousand tons of Durham was exported in the month of February. This was just over half of the volume in January, but still makes for a season total of 3.2 million tons. This is more than two times last year's amount and 2% less than the 2020-21 crop season. Italy is back to being the largest customer, importing a large August to February year-to-date total of 1 million tons. Exports to Italy are more than four and a half times more than last year. Looking ahead to next year, we expect Durham exports to North Africa and the EU will be major factors affecting demand for Canadian Durham. North Africa's crop is experiencing significant difficulty as drought affects their crop ahead of May harvest time. So, demand should remain strong in Tunisia, Morocco, and Algeria. Meanwhile, the EU Commission is expecting that EU Durham area will be 100,000 hectares smaller in this coming season at 2.1 million hectares. We expect that better growing conditions will allow production to be 6% higher than last year at 7.5 million tons. This would still be 2% less than the 5-year average. Overall, we think that Durham demand in the EU and Africa will be similar to the current year. So, while more production in the US will limit demand there, we think that demand for Canadian Durham will remain robust in the upcoming season. For the weekly data, Durham exports in week 35 were 88.7 thousand tons. Stocks continue to build in Thunder Bay, where there is now 147.5 thousand tons of Durham ready for export. Wilton says drought continues to affect much of the U.S. Midwest wheat crop. In Australia, he says production looks good so far this year. He also has an update on grain shipments from war-torn Ukraine and Russia. EU wheat exports are not able to compete with cheap Black Sea supplies, and news from the Black Sea is causing EU prices to be volatile. Hungary, Romania, Bulgaria, and Slovakia have all joined Poland in raising concerns about the large volumes of cheap Ukrainian grain that have been entering their countries. Last week, Poland suggested curbs on Ukrainian grain coming into the EU. In the Black Sea, global wheat markets were pressured by the Russian sale of wheat to Egypt. The sales were made at $269 per ton on a FOB basis, compared to what analysts had expected would be the floor price of $275 per ton. There was renewed rhetoric over the weekend of Russia's displeasure of the Black Sea grain deal. Russia threatened to scrap the deal if barriers to Russian grain and fertilizer persist. The ruble made an all-time low close. As Russia's economy looks set to crumble, the Russians need to sell wheat in dollars. Louis de Free added their hat to the group of multinational companies last week that were exiting the Russian market. Michael Wilton compiles the latest Sasquatch website market outlook. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. 
Australia and China have reached an agreement to resolve their dispute over barley imports, which could affect Canadian barley export prices. Relations between the two nations have been strained for years and grew worse after Australia called for an inquiry into the origins of COVID. That triggered an 80% duty, that's 80% duty on Australian barley imports into China, which benefited Canada. China has agreed to review those duties over the next three months. Mike Jubinville is a senior market analyst with Markets Farm. Australians, because of their competitive proximity advantage to the Chinese market, if they could free up barley exports into China, you know, we would probably see these international prices drop by as much as $25 a ton. Tensions between China and Australia followed last year's election of the center-left Labour Party in Australia. China's imported August to February total of 2.2 million tonnes of Canadian wheat. That's 312% more than this time last year. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. We have a new farm feature, AgReview, with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. One of the big banks is making a major donation to agricultural research at the University of Saskatchewan. BMO is investing $2 million in the fields of regenerative agriculture and digital agriculture. Part of the money will be used to hire a research chair in regenerative agriculture and establishing a new soil analytics laboratory. It will expand the current capability for characterizing soil carbon and nitrogen dynamics, which is a cornerstone for quantifying regenerative agriculture impacts. June Zimmer is the regional president for BMO Private Wealth Canada. We spent an incredible day, you know, touring some of the facilities and, and the labs here at the College of Agriculture and Biosciences. And, and really what we're looking to support here is, is three things, which is one, to accelerate critical research into regenerative agriculture. The investment is also going to help support harnessing digital capabilities, which will share data and grow understanding from those labs. And then thirdly, we're really excited through this to be able to enable world-leading training for students in advanced agricultural practices. Um, We had the opportunity, as I mentioned, to tour some labs today, meet some of the graduate students who are doing incredible work um, in these areas, and it's really just such exciting stuff for us. BMO's donation is part of the University of Saskatchewan's upcoming Be What the World Needs campaign. According to analyst Errol Anderson of ProMarket Communications in Calgary, there is presently little upside to new crop November canola on ice futures. Anderson points to losses in Malaysian palm oil and weakness in China's soy meal market as weighing on ice canola values, with more pressure coming out of South America. The U.S. Department of Agriculture on Tuesday bumped up its call on the Brazilian soybean harvest by 1 million metric tons at a record 154 million tons in the department's latest supply and demand report. Meanwhile, drought-ravaged Argentina saw its production chopped by 6 million metric tons at only 25 million. At one time, there had been hopes of Argentina reaping 40 million metric tons or more of soybeans. Colorado is the first U.S. state to pass right-to-repair legislation for farmers. The Consumer Right-to-Repair Agriculture Equipment Act passed 46-14 to in Colorado Senate late Tuesday night. Colorado Governor Jared Polis has 10 days to sign the bill into law, and he is expected to do so, according to a spokesperson.
Equipment makers have generally required customers to use their authorized dealers for repairs on combines and tractors. Colorado's legislation would mandate farm machinery manufacturers to provide farmers with diagnostic tools, software documents, and repair manuals starting January 1st. Similar resources must be made available to independent technicians. Lawmakers amended the bill to include language that farmers and repair shops will not be authorized to make modifications to functions related to security or emissions. Meat packers and other companies in the food supply chain need to do a better job taking steps to ensure illegal child labor isn't being used in their operations or by suppliers, subcontractors or other vendors. That's according to U.S. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack. In a letter to 18 of the country's largest meat and poultry companies, Vilsack advised the packing industry to take more actions to ensure their supply chains are not using illegal child labor. The letter comes after a food sanitation company, Packers Sanitation Services, Inc., was fined $1.5 million in February, following a Department of Labor investigation that found at least 102 children from ages 13 to 17 years old were working in hazardous occupations, often on overnight shifts, in at least 13 meat processing facilities across eight states. France will ensure that a decision by health and safety agency ANSES to ban the use of a pesticide in direct contact with grains does not hamper its exports outside the European Union. In late October, ANSES cleared the use of phosphine tablets used for killing pests through fumigation, but said they could not be in direct contact with cereals, thereby threatening exports to markets that require the process, including Algeria, Egypt and Morocco. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, well, there's rain this afternoon in the forecast, wind northeast at 20. The high today, plus 5, and we have reached that level. That's what we're at right now. 5 millimeters of rain changing to snow overnight, 2 centimeters of snow expected, and the low, 0. Friday, light snow changing to periods of rain in the morning, partly cloudy in the afternoon, wind north 20, the high plus 4, the low, minus 7 tomorrow. Saturday, sunny with a high of 9 degrees, the low, minus 4. Sunday, sunny with a high of 12, the low 0. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 16, the low 0. Tuesday, cloudy, 30% chance of showers, the high 10 degrees, 60% chance of evening rain showers or flurries on Tuesday, the low minus 1. Wednesday, cloudy, 60% chance of flurries, the high plus 9. Normal high is 12 for this date, the normal low is minus 2. The sun rose at 6.09 this morning, it sets at 7.50 tonight. And currently around the province, the hot spot is Saskatoon at 10 degrees. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay at minus 1. Estevan is plus 2. Saskatoon 10 degrees. Swift Current 3. 
Weyburn, two. Yorkton, four. Those are all on the plus. Regina, cloudy, and five. We've reached our forecast high, as I said. That's 41 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the east at 17. Humidity is 51%. Thermometer falling, 101.3. Cloudy. In Moose Jaw, plus 5, Windsor from the east at 11. Once again, Regina, cloudy in 5 degrees, that's 41 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, specialists in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The cattle industry is enjoying some record high prices this spring. The executive director of Canfax in Calgary, Brenna Grant, says the first quarter of 2023 has been a good one for both cow-calf producers and feedlots. We saw fed cattle in Alberta reach new record highs in mid-March and are continuing to see one of the strongest spring rallies in the last 15 years as we are seeing leverage shift from the packer to the feedlot. Across North America, we see fed cattle supplies tightening up. Grant broke down how the cow and feeder cattle markets are doing. Yeah, so cows um, here a couple weeks ago reached 132 per hundredweight. So that's the highest since September 2015. And for a couple of weeks there, it looked like we were going straight up, which is fairly exciting. And we got to remember that we're seeing cow slaughter in the U.S. pull back significantly from levels that we saw last year. We're seeing lots of concern both in North America, but also internationally about um, potential for recession. During recession, Ground beef tends to perform very well with the consumer. It's a versatile product. So we're seeing lots of strong interest in lean trim, which is going to continue to support the cow market. Grant says it can be difficult to track in real time how inflation affects consumers. Absolutely. Here in Canada, we've been talking for probably two years about food price inflation in general. We are seeing the Conference Board of Canada estimate that the average Canadian family is going to be paying over $1,000 more for groceries this year. And so a top of concern for consumers here in North America, but also around the world and in places where food represents a much larger percentage percentage of their total income. In comparison, North American consumers where we sell Canadian beef, food is a relatively small percentage of their overall income and we've seen some really good resilience in that consumer, but that definitely is a concern for beef demand going forward is the fact that we're seeing inflation and that erosion of purchasing power for the consumer and are we going to see the potential of demand erosion? Our challenge is demand information is lagged anywhere between three to six months in terms of indicators and so so much of that is hindsight that we can look at prices either stalling or softening and we can go is that demand but are never really sure until after the fact. To this point she says the traditional price spread between beef pork and poultry have been up and down. 
So we've just seen a lot of volatility for all of them. In January here of 2023, we saw our retail beef prices in Canada right back up where we saw them a year ago in the first quarter of 22. And at that point in the first quarter, we did see beef relatively more expensive than pork and poultry based on historical averages. That really creates incentivization for consumers to switch at the meat counter. But last year in the second quarter, we did see price corrections and come back to our historical averages. And so as long as we follow that historical trend, we should be okay. Grant gave a cattle market outlook for the spring, summer and fall. For this year, we're seeing very strong price signals throughout the cattle sector. And so livestock price insurance is providing coverage levels above $3 a pound for calves, September, October, November. And I think that's a really good gauge for producers as they look to this fall. And every producer has to look at their own operation and their own cost of production to determine if that is something that they have the forage supplies and the labor and everything else to say, is that a signal to rebuild from reductions that occurred during the 21 drought or is that an opportunity to expand and a signal that they want to respond to to expand um, that is very much an individual operation decision but there definitely should be opportunity this fall to rebuild equity for producers brenna grant is the executive director of canfax we'll have more with her after the break you're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com It's been a rapid turnaround following the 2021 drought for most cattle producers on the prairies except for those in much of southwest and west-central Saskatchewan, where weather conditions were favorable in much of western Canada for pastures and hayland. Executive Director of Canfax in Calgary, Brenna Grant, says producers faced a lot of uncertainty after the drought, but the second half of last year was a turning point. When you think about 2021 and the drought, record high feed costs in the winter of 21-22, like you've got to remember, a year ago, first quarter of 22, we were importing corn from the U.S. because we didn't have it. We were seeing rail strikes where there was lots of stress for producers. Was that feed going to arrive? And so many implications in terms of having to switch to maybe feed stuffs that were more expensive but were more reliable in their supply. Lots of questions about what would happen for producers if there was a second year drought. I've got to say, so much changed with rain last June. And Grant is hoping cattle prices exceed 2015 levels. That's Brenna Grant with Canfax. Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Sask Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading. Durham fell 919 at 41485. Canola rose 11.60 .60 at 7.7802. Number one red spring wheat went down $4.85 at $380.45 per metric ton. The rest were unchanged. Feed barley 357.58. Chickpeas ten fifty eight twenty two, flax five forty one ninety eight, lentils seven ninety three fifty, oats two twenty thirty two, yellow peas four sixteen ninety five, 
Feed wheat, 289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for May is down eight and three quarter cents at 851 and a quarter cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. And now, the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Mark Report for the week of April the 12th. Just a one-day short due to the Easter break, but a very respectable run here with 1625 in the short, 230 cows and bulls, a total of 1855 going through the ring. This pre-short was very strong and active, higher in spots. This cow market was also higher. D1, D2 cows, 125 to 135, sales to 142, 143, D3 cows, 115 to 125, cows are averaging 125. Some fancy cows from the Saudi area, 17 to 1,800-pound cows, bringing 153 to 154. Good bulls, 134 to 144, sales to 156 to 157. Bulls are averaging 144. Another fancy bull from the Roblin area, 2,300-pound bull, topped out at 162. On to the pre-sort sale. This sale was strong and active. Listen up. 425-pound steers, 361. 500-pound black steers, 349. 575-pound tan steers, 340. The 650s topped out at 323. My favorite pen, 710-pound red-black exotic steers, 309. 800-pounders, 291. 850-pound red-black exotic steers at 270. And the 950-pound steers at 253. On the heifer side, 425-pound heifers, 326. 500-pound tan heifers, 309. 71 black heifers weighing 575 topped out at 301. 650-pound red black exotic heifers, 286. The 710-pound tans at 274. The 775-pound heifers, 266. The 850s at 250. And 950-pound heifers at 230. Highlight of the morning, I would have to go with 785-pound tan steers at 292.50. And the heifers. 575-pound red-black exotic heifers topped out at 303.50. This Friday, April 14th, sheep, lamb, and goat sale receiving today from 12 to 8 and Friday right up until sale time. Sale time is 11 o'clock this Friday, and there is no horse sale. Our next bred cow and cow captor sale is Friday, April 28th, taking consignments for that sale. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. And today's Saskatchewan pork price quotes, $181.96 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. And Mazenk Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazenk, 306-721-6667. The City of Swift Current has declared a local emergency due to flooding. Jim Jones, the Chief Administrative Officer for the City in southwestern Saskatchewan, told Council that it will allow the City to act more easily and acquire and deploy resources if needed. Jones says due to rapid snow melt resulting from unseasonably high temperatures over a very short period, Swift Current has been experiencing flooding this week. City crews have responded quickly to the rising water, setting up barricades at low spots and closing dangerous sections such as the Lee Lamb Bridge where the water has overtaken the road. 
A coalition of environmental groups is reporting the Royal Bank of Canada was the world's biggest fossil fuel financier last year. The annual Banking on Climate Chaos reports is RBC provided more than $42 billion U.S. in funding to the sector. Scotiabank ranked 9th, TD was 10th, the Bank of Montreal 15th, and CIBC 16th. Environmentalists have been pushing banks to phase out fossil fuel funding as a way to accelerate the transition to net zero emissions. On the markets today, the TSX is up 88 points at 20,542. The Dow has risen 219 points to 33,865. Oil has fallen 77 cents at 82.49 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 74.90 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farming. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of the broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news, on your voice for everything ag, 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.